Welcome to the B'nai B'rith Podcast. I'm CEO Dan Mary Ashen. Thank you for spending part of your day with us in this audio format. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. The B'nai B'rith International Podcast is a space we've been utilizing to hold frank and interesting conversations with our experts on staff. We've been discussing our advocacy for Israel, our commitment to the nation's seniors, our humanitarian relief work, and on our organization's history. In just a moment, we'll be speaking with our Vice President of Programming and discussing B'nai B'rith's work in communities around the country. Before we get started, just a couple of quick reminders. If you're new to the on-demand audio format known as podcasting, it's an easy way to stay current with the organization during your commute to work, while you're at the gym, or just tidying up around the house. Be sure to visit our website, B'nai for more information on the content you hear today. You should also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Keep an eye on all three of those channels for the next episode of the show. But the easiest way to get the latest episode is to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play on your smartphone. It's easy. Simply open up your podcasting application on your iPhone or the Google Play Store on your Android. Search Benebrith International and then hit subscribe. That way... Every time we release a new episode, it will be downloaded straight to your phone. Joining me today is my colleague, Rhonda Love. Rhonda is the Vice President of Programming at B'nai International in New York and has been with the organization for many years. Let's get into it. We've got a lot to talk about. Welcome, Rhonda. Thank you, Dan. Today, we'd like to talk about our efforts on humanitarian relief and disaster relief. Uh, for years, B'nai B'rith really has been deeply involved in aiding victims of natural disasters. Tell us, where did it start? How did it start? And what kinds of disasters uh, do we uh, help uh, the victims of? B'nai B'rith has proudly been involved in providing disaster relief since 1865. It was the first uh, attempt to assist victims of uh, cholera in this Israel. Uh, and at the U.S. Uh, involvement started three years later uh, when there was extreme flooding in the Baltimore area in Maryland. I remember I was uh, at a, a meeting uh, in, I think it was Nashville, and uh, there was a discussion about B'nai in the South uh, going back to the 1870s, and uh, one of the speakers talked about how there was a yellow fever epidemic, I think, in Memphis, and there was another one in New Orleans at, at that time. And B'nai B'rith, even then, back in the 1870s, uh, was uh, deeply involved in, in the, aiding the victims of, of, those, uh, of those terrible epidemics. Um, what kinds of uh, relief do we provide? Um, we have tsunamis and floods and earthquakes. Tell us a bit more about that. When a disaster is happening around the world, B'nai B'rith is very conscious of how it can respond. And the first thing we do is see how we can be of help. Our, our goal is to provide what's called unmet needs. Uh, we're not necessarily coming in with the emergency responders, although we have assisted uh, those who do that. Uh, yet at the same time, in watching as a disaster unfolds, whether it's natural or unfortunately man-made, we're able to find those people who support our work as donors to our relief fund, uh, 
a way to for them to feel connected that they've made a difference in helping people around the world. Um, disasters unfortunately happen without much warning. So when a disaster happens, we have a process that enables us to uh, determine how we can be of help, getting an appeal going, getting our information up on our website. And it's most important to be able to have the support of those donors who believe that the Benebrith response to a disaster uh, is, is the way they want to assist with funding uh, a, a response. Um, what we are so honored is that these donors come back to us year after year uh, when they see that our fund is opened, and they also support us in what we have as a, a general campaign as well. We can't do any of this without the generosity of the people who are making donations to, to help us make this response. Now, specifically, what is Benebra's role after a disaster? I mean, do we go in like the Red Cross? What, what is uh, our role? Uh, who are our partners? And how do we uh, deliver this uh, assistance to the victims? It really depends upon where a disaster has happened. If it's in an area where we have a B'nai B'rith presence, we are very uh, proud to be able to be the boots on the ground. Uh, we are not the emergency responders, but as I have said, we do support those who do provide that. And the partners that we have engaged with are those like Nahama, Israel, who goes into international disasters as well as uh, within the U.S. Uh, geography as well, and others that we are watching to see how and where um, they need assistance and how we can be helpful. Uh, we are not necessarily there to provide blankets and water, yet at the same time, once the initial needs are met, there are many, many more needs that um, kind of disappear from the headlines. And when that happens, we have been involved in rebuilding projects, uh, helping replace uh, structures, as well as programs and projects that have been um, impacted by a particular disaster, such as flooding, hurricanes, tornadoes, or unfortunately, uh, the man-made disasters that uh, we've seen as a, a, uh, in our communities. Walk us through uh, one of these um, relief uh, efforts. Uh, I'll give you a couple of examples that I can think of. I think we uh, rebuilt a library in Sri Lanka uh, we've done um, some other projects in Haiti. Uh, give us an idea of exactly how that works. Once uh, the news is out that uh, this disaster is occurring, uh, what happens? Walk us through the steps. Uh, the Benebrith uh, uh, International Community uh, has a number of wonderful volunteers who are part of our uh, committee pro process. Uh, we have an opportunity to review proposals. So when a disaster happens, uh, we will seek out as well as we also receive uh, requests for assistance. Many times it is based on recommendations of uh, people who are on the ground. Um, I would say a best example would be uh, after Hurricane Katrina, we were very, very fortunate uh, to be able to, to get um, a great deal of financial support. So we raised $1.1 million um, where donors came forward asking us to help provide assistance for those in need. So what happens is, is that we seek out the types of programs that uh, are able to be accomplished where they may not be able to have funding from other sources, as well as those that uh, may not be eligible for what is uh, considered uh, insurance covered or other things like that. Uh, in, in the uh, Katrina area, for example, in New Orleans and in the Gulf Coast area, we watched um, as one entity would say to us, 
we thank you for your help, but would you also help the people uh, across the street? And we found that in not for individuals, but houses of worship, um, other projects such as uh, medical clinics um, and programs that continue to help the area years after the disaster happened. So the, the most important piece is, is that it, it may not be within the first 24 hours or even the first year of helping uh, respond. We, we are there uh, until uh, a project that needs assistance um, is, is uh, finished. And at the same time, we are you know so thankful to be able to have been present and have received a, a wonderful recognition for the work we've done. How do you deal with this issue? And today in the age of the internet, uh, with satellite, uh, television, radio, uh, we, we hear about disasters immediately. In years past, uh, we might hear about it, uh, but it seemed awfully distant and not, certainly not instantaneous. Um, how do you deal with so many? Because today we realize that you can have earthquakes in three places and you can have tsunamis in, in another place, uh, sometimes occurring at the same time. So what kind of factors go into judging how we help in this case or help in that case? Uh, it's most important that we are able to provide the assistance. Um, so we need to know that there are partners available to be on the ground. Uh, in many cases, uh, that is Israel Aid, uh, a wonderful uh, uh, project that comes out of Israel. These are humanitarian organizations that have come together to provide assistance, and they really are ready to go uh, when a disaster happens. So if we know that there is an opportunity for us to be helpful, we will look at an area that has suffered a disaster and and decide to respond. The most important part is raising the funds. So as we see a fund open and support is there, we're able to measure how much we can be involved in and what kind of program we can provide. Unfortunately, we can't react to every disaster. Um, and yes, we do see it in the news. And, and every time we do hear about um, a, a disaster, we are on the phone or, or through the internet uh, contacting individuals who we know in an area or other um, entities that are involved in responding to see if they are planning to go, if there's something that could be done and if we can be helpful. I wish we could do more, but um, sometimes we have to limit the kind of response based upon uh, being able to offer financial assistance um, through support of these projects. Well, as you said, we're not first responders exactly or emergency responders, but we have sent uh, folks out uh, to the field, and I think specifically of uh, our B'nai World Center in Jerusalem and its director, Alan Schneider, who's been involved with, with Israel Aid over the years. Can you tell us a little about that? Well, a good example would be uh, the tsunami uh, in, the, in um, Asia as well as in Haiti. Uh, they were on the ground providing medical assistance. Their team was uh, really a, a mixture of people in the medical field as well as those uh, who handle the psychosocial response to a disaster. It's really a very big problem. The victims are dealing with a lot of uh, survivor guilt. Uh, they've suffered a tremendous loss. And in many cases, uh, these, these programs that are offered help them cope as well as they're trained to help others. So um, Israel has been a specialist in that area. And yes, uh, our uh, director of the World Center, um, Alan Schneider, has been on the ground in several of the uh, disaster areas where we have been able to provide support. What about our young leadership network, uh, getting them involved and active in uh, disaster relief? 
We have um, been working on uh, several ways of engaging uh, young people or, or young professionals in responding to a disaster, including the um, Alpha Epsilon Pi fraternity, because they are one of our supporters. Um, we create these disaster preparedness kits. Uh, it's geared uh, based on experience of being prepared to leave your home when there's a disaster. And we've concentrated on uh, senior citizens because of our knowledge in the work of uh, senior housing, B'nai work in senior housing, and helped these seniors uh, learn how to be prepared, take medicines, uh, glasses, uh, prescriptions, uh, and even paper, important papers. So part of what young leaders have been doing is packing these kits, and we have done thousands of them. Um, to deliver around uh, the country. Uh, for example, after the Hurricane Sandy, we assisted a, a senior housing facility in the downtown area uh, in uh, educating seniors on, on how to be ready to go, um, unfortunately, for the next disaster. Uh, we also have made kits for for family-friendly uh, time in shelters, um, as well as provided um, other opportunities for young leaders to be physically on the ground assisting. A best example would be an AEPI chapter that had gone to Oklahoma after the Moore um, uh, uh, tornado and was able to rebuild uh, and assist a farmer with a, a barn that needed uh, being taken care of. Um, in a very, very short time, literally over a weekend. And the hours of work put in by these young men really made a difference uh, in the life of this particular gentleman who needed this assistance and uh, was not able to get it anywhere else. You find that uh, because of the nature of emergencies and disaster that occur, um, that it's it's relatively easy to, to have people say, I'm going to drop what I'm doing now to go and help. I mean, I sense that that's, that's the case in, in so many of these instances where, uh, not that we've sent people out, but where they're eager uh, to contribute or eager to be supportive of these efforts. Yeah, we definitely um, have had volunteers come forward. Um, it's a lot easier when someone's retired so that they're able to take the time uh, on their time to go. Um, but yes, we are um, able to, to provide places where assistance is needed because again so much of the rebuilding effort is done you know months later uh, after the cleanup is passed and when um, people can be able to help people have a lower cost of replacing uh, their homes because there's there's volunteer labor working on that well we're coming to the close uh, for this particular podcast but Rhonda I want to thank you for all that you've done in uh, not only the work that you do day to day in terms of humanitarian assistance and disaster relief, but also in, uh, in upholding uh, the, uh, the great tradition of uh, volunteer uh, assistance and volunteer help uh, that our organization has been providing uh, to folks uh, since the 1860s, as you've talked about. We're very proud of it and, are, of course, are pleased to know that uh, that legacy continues uh, in the work that we do every day. Thanks again, Rhonda, for joining us on the program today. Thank you, Dan, for having me. And to everybody else, thanks again for joining us for the B'nai B'rith International Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it just as much as we have. Again, a reminder, please visit our website, b'naibrith.org, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on your smartphone through the podcast app for iPhone or through Google Play for Android. Lastly, Tell a friend if you've liked what you've heard. 
For my colleague, Rhonda Love, I'm Dan Mariashin. We'll talk to you next time on the B'nai B'rith International Podcast.